Welcome to the Heart of the Father podcast. We're glad you're here and able to listen in. We're praying the Lord will speak to your heart through this message and that you be transformed more and more into the image of Christ. Come on, guys, and have a seat. It's good to be home with you guys. Um, we, yeah, we, we, missed, we missed them, didn't we? A little bit. We didn't miss you a whole lot because we were here. We were together. We had a great time, so we just wanted to take some time to to share. This is the group that went with us there. Um, let me just start off by saying this. Um, first time in Costa Rica had no idea who the people were that we were going to minister to and with, and uh, had no interpreters except there. And uh, we were, the emphasis was to be led by the Spirit. So how many of you think we got challenged to do just that? (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so the whole thing was led by the Spirit. I think I got the... um, final itinerary the day that we were leaving which I didn't actually get it it wouldn't have done any good because it was in Spanish and this guy doesn't speak Spanish but if you're gonna say you want to be led by the spirit guess what you get to do be led by the spirit and so it was rather interesting and fun and I told these guys um Before we left, on my itinerary that I gave them, I said, um, I put the word rest, R-E-S-T in capital letters, and I put it throughout the itinerary. Wherever there was a slot that nothing was taken up in that slot, I put the word rest. And I said, I know you guys are laughing at me and you think it's silly, but you'll have a new definition of the word rest by the time we get back. So I told him, you need to rest whenever you can because uh, we're going to go. We're going to go hard and fast the whole time. And um, they all have a new definition. My microphone. They all have a new definition of the word rest. It's a a very precious word to them, shall we say. But uh, anyway. Um, So we were there eight days in case... Uh, you didn't know we were gone. <laughs> we're there eight days. And uh, so let's just get right right into it. But I want to first of all say thank you to everyone who prayed for us and supported the team financially, gave to it, sowed into them. Um, I believe that each one of their lives is changed. I know mine is. I'm not going to go overseas and have everyone else's life changed and not mine. Are you kidding me? That'd be a waste. But uh, my life has changed for sure. And uh, theirs too, but thank you for praying for us. We've got some pictures and some videos, so hold tight. Um, We've not practiced or rehearsed this, so we'll be led by the Spirit, let's just say. (laughs) First one up in the airport. of course, uh, 
the devil wants to bring out delays, and so there was a delay on the flight, but no, no, no alarm going off or anything like that. I don't know if you can see, but there's a, a, a human in the fish tank behind us, and um, she was actually cleaning the tank. I have never seen that done, <laughs> but there's a first time for everything. Next, next one, when we landed, um, we were taken to... Well, let me just start. We rented a van, and I got to be the driver at the airport. And then we had a two-and-a-half, three-hour drive up through the mountains. So the pastor and his son, the son being our interpreter for the week, were in their car, and I was to follow them. So when I signed off on the van and got the van, I had a word with the pastor who is the driver of the car that I'm following. Because I, I want him to be informed, you know. I don't want him to be unsure of who's following him. So I told him, I said, number one, I drive in all foreign countries that I go to, so don't be worried about it. I said, if I come up close behind you and flash my lights, that means you can Go faster. I'm with you. <laughs> if I'm way behind you and I flash my lights, that means just hang on just a little bit and let me catch up with you. Because the van had a diesel engine, so going uphill, I don't have a lot of speed. But I do have speed going downhill. <laughs> and uh, anyway, it's like a roller coaster ride through the mountains. If you like it, you would have loved it. If you don't like roller coasters, you would have hated it. Hated it. So go go I'll go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, can I just say something real quick? If if there's one thing I learned about Dave on this trip, is that he is a very aggressive but a very good driver. <laughs> there there was one point where Scott and I were talking in the back seat and at this point, Dave had, I think, just one hand on the wheel, and we're, like, flying through the mountains, okay? Like, this is no joke. And I turned to Scott, and I said, you know, I trust Dave's one hand more than anyone else's two hands. So. I was videoing with the other hand. Um, yeah, this is on. Okay. I don't like dull moments in life. I don't like it. I always want to be on the edge. Always want to make sure everyone else is on the edge. So okay. hold, 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 hold. You said to get rest because we're going to go hard and fast. He drove hard and fast. These roads are maybe 18 feet wide, and there's a foot drop off. The Lord was working on everybody. We were praying. Hey, he did a, he did a great job, but it was a roller coaster for sure. Yeah, so I wanted them to sleep while I was driving because remember I told them rest, rest. But anyway, so uh, yeah, so we went after our two and a half three hour drive through the mountains and the fog and the rain at high speeds, we ended up at the lawyer's house for dinner. Um, again, nobody that we knew, but we had it. We were welcomed graciously to their country, and had a nice dinner there. 
Um, I think it had been, what, 10 hours since we had eaten, so we were ready to eat. Next picture. So uh, our first meeting um, was with the church leadership, the pastor's church. Um, he had us in there, and he used us, um, which was awesome. We, I think we spoke almost to every level in his church in the time that we were there, but you can see the leadership. This is leadership of his church, um, and uh, he wanted us to uh, speak on being hungry for the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit just came in and just touched the people uh, by the end of the service, everyone was in the altars and the whole team's praying for everyone and um, giving different words of encouragement to them. It was, it was definitely a special time. Next. So then um, this is the worship time um, during... Uh, the leadership, I bet you there was probably about 40 people that were there, couples, some singles. Um, but as I said, they were in leadership. Next picture. So they asked us to minister to their youth in the afternoon. There was about uh, 50 teenagers, young people there. This is a game that we're playing um, with them. It's a great icebreaker game um, where you... Yeah, Chloe, describe this game. Okay, so there was a string, and we would, like, toss it to each other, and you would say your name and your favorite animal, and then you would throw it to someone. And then at the end, the string would go backwards, and you would have to say the person who was in front, in front of you or who had just said what their thing was, you would have to say it. So you would kind of have to remember, and it's like a good way to, like, know them, like, a little bit. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So the next video, I want you to notice the, uh, the tall guy um, in the front. Go ahead. Okay. Just watch for the tall guy acting ridiculous. Next slide. So here we have, so uh, I'm not going to go and not have the team participate and share. So all of them shared. Here's Leah Sharon in the youth, in the youth uh, service. Next one. Here we have Chloe in the altar time. Chloe, go ahead and share what this one's about. Okay, so I don't know who this girl was. They all spoke Spanish. I only know a little bit of Spanish. Um, but I didn't know who she was. Um, we were, I think we were praying salvation, um, a little bit like after worship 
and Malia had walked over and prayed for her, but, like, I just saw this, like, light on her, and I was like, okay, like, you know, Malia's already there, but I'm going to go over there, because, like, I just feel like I need to pray over her, so I went over there, and I was just kind of praying, and I was like, okay, like, just praying over her, like, I don't know anything about these people, (laughs) I didn't know where the interpreter was, I didn't know, so I was just, like, just praying over her, and I was like, okay, Lord, like, reveal yourself to her, and, like, show her and like I know I don't know how to speak Spanish or anything but like just like show like reveal yourself to her and this girl was hungry like everyone there was hungry it was so cool but like we fast forward and we do an altar call and she's just bawling like she is like sobbing and so I go over there and I'm just hugging on her and loving on her and it was like the father's love all over her and it was almost like it was like she'd never felt this love before and I was like I was like about to start crying too um but she was just bawling and it was like a really like it was like a really good moment and it was I don't know she I don't know it was like a really good moment and um yeah so out of the out of the 50 young people there was eight that raised their hand for salvation and, uh, so our next slide here we are preaching um i believe that's sunday morning um there's a woman there that was healed of uh leg pain do we have a next one yeah here's the woman that was healed of leg pain and she walked uh, to church and it took her a long time and she was coming at the end to say that she her leg was healed in the altar time through prayer and that she was headed back and it wouldn't take her as long to get back home as it did to come. She was thanking God for that. The anointing, the anointing was so strong in the, in the service. The next slide. So in Costa Rica, they want to feed you. And I told the pastor that I've never been in a country where they want to feed you in their homes. Uh, This was at the church after Sunday morning service. A lady prepared the food. We ate there multiple times. We ate in homes multiple times. Um, But the food was good, right? Yes. Next one. Here we have our night service. We drove out of town to a smaller service, a church, about 30 minutes out of town. And here we have Max. He's sharing. Um, He had said to me, Max was my roommate. (laughs) Wait, why are mom and dad laughing over here (laughs) with their eyebrows raised, no less? No, so we roomed together, and um, it was a learning experience for us all. (laughs) But Max said to me before we left, he goes, "Um, do you think it'd be okay if I share tonight? And I said, absolutely, absolutely. So here we have Max sharing um, with the people. I think there was probably about 70 people in that service. Next one. And I was preaching um, that evening, and I had a stick. It's a, it's a message. It's a sermon that I do. But uh, anyway, so when I went out to get my illustration, 
the stick and came in with it, these guys were all concerned, like, what in the world is going on? But anyway, they, they found out. Next slide. So here's Malia and I with some of the kids after the service, just hanging out with them and being silly. And, of course, we're going to eat after the service, you know. So they had, they had prepared food um, for us that evening. Next one. So Monday is a holiday there. Um, it's where uh, some segment of the country, which wasn't their country, had been annexed to Costa Rica. So it was their holiday. Um, and so we were able to go to the orphanage um, and speak to the boys, young boys. Um, they had, I had originally suggested an orphanage to them early on in my conversations, but then they told me, no, you're not allowed in because the government monitors it and uh, all of that. But then last minute, the door opened for us to go. The whole team spoke. Um, Max, why don't you share a little bit about being at the orphanage? So, the um, the orphanage was a, a good experience for me because of how is these kids here. They wanted um, they wanted to, I could tell they wanted us to be around them, and they were really happy with us being around them. And when it uh, came time to share, they were really focused and wanting to learn more and more about the Lord, and you could tell that they were really struggling. Like, a lot of kids had their heads down. They, you could tell that they were really struggling with what they went on, and then, like, I could tell that they were all wanting the Lord afterwards because they were just really happy afterwards, and it was, it was really good. Richard, go ahead and switch to the next picture while Scott shares. So this was... <laughs> no, you share about the orphanage. Yeah. yeah We're I'm just changing the picture <laughs> for certain reasons. Go ahead, So Scott. the orphanage was, it was the, one of the big points of the trip for me. I have a passion for children. Um, if you don't know, we have a, a couple foster, and we just adopted our first. So um, when we were able to go to the orphanage, um, I, I wanted to know what it was like for them. Um, society has put something in my mind like it was going to be a terrible place when in fact it was opposite the government took very well care of these kids uh, the orphanage we went to was from seven-year-old to seven, 18 um, they greeted us with with a big smile um, it's almost like they welcomed us in like we were family um, they didn't they didn't seem like they were broken too much, um, but, you know, beat down by society. But they had a strong brotherhood for sure there. It was just boys. Um, I, I loved the way that the, that the house was set up. It was a, a main group and then, or a main room <clears throat> and a, a bunch of little rooms with their bunks and there must have been three houses and, and one mother that would cook for them. Um, I was happy to hear that Dave had a conversation with the mother, and that if one of the children had said to me, I please come to a Sunday service with you, that that mother would take them. 
So that was just, that was just a, a loving, touching moment to hear that they could go and, and they could leave. And to find out a couple of days later, one, was it the next day? Next, I think the next two days later, one of the boys, one of the older boys, we saw at the mall. So they get to, they have time where they're able to, you know, leave or from school, they can make their way back to their, their home. But we saw him a total of two times at two different random places. And it was, you know, for him, it was... It had to be a good feeling because he came up and he gave us hugs. And, and, and we, you know, we obviously returned the favor. And, and so it was, it was a great experience. So I closed out the service by uh, the gathering by giving them a challenge. And I basically led them all in the sinner's prayer. I didn't ask for hands. I just said, repeat after me. You say, well, why do you do that? There are times that you do this and then they sort it out with God in their room alone. And while they were repeating the sinner's prayer, you could see them visibly emotional, emotional. And so this actually opened the door for the pastor to be stirred to send someone from his church on a regular basis to this orphanage. Up until this point, they had not done it course the pandemic had part to do with that the government has part to do with it and all of that but they're going to be um, going there people from the church go there and spend time with them we gave them all gift bags we went out and we bought gift bags and goodies for them so all 20 got um, a gift bag I even had one boy I don't know if you're used to soccer uh, protocol but one boy went into his room and came out with a Costa Rica jersey, soccer jersey, and gave it to me, which is a huge, huge thank you and a huge honor. And uh, so it was just, it was just a special time. Um, the, this picture here, so um, I like surprises, and so this wasn't um, on the schedule, but we went to a restaurant where they served tilapia. Um, if you've been to Israel and you've had St. Peter's fish, this is St. Peter's fish. And um, so they, they, you get the whole fish, um, and that's mine that I ate. Uh, there shouldn't be any doubt in anybody's mind that that was mine. Um, but, and then the next one is the video of the fish head that's actually talking to us. Is it a speaking video? <laughs> so and then afterwards we went down over the mountain to where the fish farms are where these fish are raised and they have greenhouses and they grow their uh, vegetables and seasonings and stuff like that we did that and then the, the next video is go ahead it's the hot springs so we have to have time to go to the hot springs of course and um, so outside of these pools is the creek that comes down, a stronger creek. I wouldn't call it a river, but a creek that comes down the mountain. So you've got ice cold water, and then in the river or the creek is where the hot water comes out of the stone from the volcano. And you cannot sit by that water, it's too hot. But when it merges with the ice cold water, it's refreshing. And so we spent some time down there and 
in the pools, just kind of relaxing a little bit, getting our rest. <laughs> of course, we have to have our rest. Anyway, we had a great time. So then, next slide, Tuesday, day after the holiday, we go to the schools. So the schools, because of the holiday, the schools want to give us a presentation of their history. So the, the national anthem is sung, the flag comes in, people are, the kids are all dressed up, and uh, they gave me a moment to share. And um, so I was not to preach. They told me don't preach. So you know I'm going to go as close to the edge as possible without going over. So the translator was concerned I was going to preach. The principal was concerned. The teachers were concerned. All these guys were concerned. But the kids were not concerned at all. And so I related to the kids, of course, about God. Um, I did, but I didn't preach, so don't be upset. Um, but I took it took it to the edge. And so we had a great time. Next, next one. So you see the colors, the outfits. These are just little, little tiny kids. Next one. And then Malia and I, we had to dress for the occasion. So I borrowed a hat and a handkerchief for my neck and Leah put on her ballroom skirt and uh anyway we had a great time next one look at this kid watch oh it's cut off so after the after the presentation the teacher asked us if we would come into her classroom and teach these kids english so there's animals on the wall and scott is showing them the hippopotamus and there's colors and there's numbers and whatnot. So we spent time with them, um, helping them learn English. Next one. So we decided to go to the volcano. That was a surprise, last minute. And we came across these animals. And I've never seen these animals before. I don't know if they're only in Costa Rica. Um, so we had, like I said, it was a surprise. So I gave them the choice. Do you want to go back to the hotel and rest or do you want to go to the volcano? So they said they wanted to go to the volcano. So we went to the volcano, had a great meal um, along the way, came across these animals. Um, next one. So you see these animals? How many of you have seen the movie The Grinch? Okay, you know the Whoville people? These animals look just like Whoville animals. Ray, raise your hand if you think they're cute and not ugly like Dave thinks. Are they cute or are they ugly? Now raise your well, hand if you think cute. they're ugly. Now ugly. How many of you think they're ugly? Yeah, there's like two people. Well, sometimes, sometimes the minority is correct, so... <laughs> But anyway, so we just, I stopped the van and we got out and we fed these animals, the Whoville animals, <laughs> crackers and things like that. And they just kept coming out of the, the bushes in the back, all the little ones. And of course, they all got their tails up in the air. I don't know what the deal is with that. But anyway, uh, 
we had a great time. Next one. There's the volcano. So that was as close as we got to the volcano. You know, um, some people feel like um, things like the volcano is like a spirit or mother nature or whatever. So you're not allowed on the volcano. I've been on volcanoes. I've looked down in volcanoes. I've smelled sulfur from the volcanoes and all that. But um, there it is. We got a picture of it to prove that we saw it. Next one. So here we are in another school, older kids, and the adults are doing the dance, the traditional dances. Is that fun? Yeah. yeah. Okay, next one. It is heaven, if that is here, or it is hell. What if you will live forever in heaven? If you don't accept God, you will live forever in hell. There's fire there. But you will not die. You will live in fire forever. That's why it's important that we decide today what we will do with God. So what that was, was a Facebook Live show that I've never done before. We've got a, a pastor who it's his show and me and the interpreter. And um, so I have no questions up front to prep for. This is, again, you're going to be led by the Spirit. You better have an answer because you're on live. And I believe that the Lord gave me uh, insight to all of the questions that he had. Malia and Max were with me, right? Yeah. Were with us. And um, it was awesome. There was 400 viewers. And by the end of the month, there would be around 2,000. And these are people, I'm sure some of them were believers, but I'm sure many of them weren't. So I just decided to give the gospel message right then and there, tie it to their life and make them think about their life and what they're going to do with God. And I, I mentioned this. I said, how can you live all of your life and forget God? You don't include him. But then when you die, you want to go to heaven and live with him? How is that possible? Anyway, he does this weekly, so I'm waiting to hear some feedback from him. But it, it was awesome. Um, next, we went to um, a drug addiction center. It's owned and run. Well, it's run by Christians, owned by the government. Uh, but it is way up, two hours up in the mountains. Um, let's see some of the roads. Go ahead. Here we go. Yeah, I videoed that, by the way, while I was driving. <laughs> so one, one lane bridges. Okay. When you get to a bridge, it's one lane. Now... One side has a yield and the other side doesn't. So you wait till the other traffic comes through. I don't like to wait. It's just not something that I want to do. I don't want to participate in that. So sometimes when you get to the bridge, there's a bit of a challenge. 
to see who's going to back down. <laughs> but it's all in fun, you know. It's not, you know, it's all in fun. So uh, that was one of the roads. Let's see, is there, do we have one more? So here's the other part of the road. No. I have no idea how deep those holes are underneath there, but but that's okay. And I'm videoing that too, by the way. Wait. <laughs> Who's sharing? Chloe? I'll say something. So we got lost. <laughs> not, not, wasn't, no, I was it being told him. where to go. Yes. I was wasn't. not lost. I was in the van. I knew exactly where I was. Um, but I don't even think we were supposed to be down that road. <laughs> we were supposed to be down another road. We had to back up down that road and try and turn around <laughs> for a half a mile. Um, that was, that was an experience of its own. Malia, what do you have to say? Yeah, honestly, that was the most fun I've had in a van in a long time. It was very amusing. Um, but yeah, we ended up going down the wrong road, which looked like that was literally like muddy dirt roads the whole way. And to begin with, we were like, where the heck are we going? Like this road is insane. And then we realized we have to turn around, which you can't just turn around in a van on like this tiny road. So naturally Dave put it in reverse and um, we just backed up for a half a mile to find somewhere to turn around. But yeah, so we made it's, it. It's a one lane dirt road with mud on the road and on either side. So I don't like to get stuck in mud. Um, so I just backed up. I didn't have a problem just backing up until I got to a point where I could actually turn it around. Um, so it, it, we do have a video of that if you would like to see it, but not on the slideshow. So a video of what? Of you backing up. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, so next one we got there. And uh, 15 guys in the drug rehab, you're talking about guys who've lost everything because of their drug addiction. Um, they don't have any hope whatsoever. I mean, they're there just to try it, so to say. And uh, one guy raised his hand while I was speaking and I didn't recognize him because I, I just had a feeling. But the interpreter interrupted me and said, that guy has a question. And so I said, okay. And so I took his question and he had just arrived that day at the drug rehab. He had lost everything because of his crack addiction. Uh, he was angry at God. He, he was, uh, ran a restaurant in the city um, and had money, had an iPhone, had clothes, had, has kids, has a wife, lost everything. And so he, he attempted to blame God for him being there. And I attempted to tell him otherwise, that it wasn't God that had stripped him of everything, but his, rather his choices were wrong and had got him in this place. But that God, if he would allow God to come into his life and help him, that God would restore his life back. 
and fulfill the great plan that he has for him. And um, it got a little intense during his questions and my answers, but that's okay. I don't mind intensity. And I went afterwards, after the service, he went out and sat outside by himself. I went out there and sat down with him and talked with him and explained. And he was just like, yeah, but I, I had everything. And now I don't have anything. You know, I had a house. And now I'm in the room with multiple guys. You know, I'm here for five months and da 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 And I was able to talk with him and share with him. By the end of our time there, he had great hope. And uh, he told me that when I come back that he wants me to come and eat at his restaurant. And I said to him, I said, if the Lord brings me back, I'll find you and we'll eat together. And uh, it just is, he was angry. He was very angry. Um, okay, so we took a picture. Next one. Group picture before heading back down uh, the mountain. So I said, this, was, this place was way out in the middle of nowhere. Of course, it's on purpose um, that they put it out there to get these guys away from all the luxuries of life and distractions, if you will. Um, but anyway, so next one. Here we are um, just before a night service. Eat outside under the stars. Um, great food, right guys? Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, so this was the service uh, at the traditional Methodist church. The one where the pastor is not open to the Holy Spirit. The one where the pastor is critical of preachers who don't put scripture, a lot of scripture in their message. So guess what I did? I put a ton in mine. And um, the power of God was really awesome. Next one. Here you see it, probably about 55 people. Next one. Everyone gets to share a verse, a testimony, a word of encouragement. There's Malia sharing. Next one. Max is sharing with them. Leah's sharing. Chloe, Sharon, Scott. And then I ended up preaching that, that evening. Um, not sure what the pastor thought, uh, but the next day he came and, uh, to express himself to me, and I was eager to find out. Go to the next one. Here's the pastor. Yes, yes, I believe it does. The people were at the expectancy de los que iban a ir a escuchar or what they were going to hear. Me parece que los hermanos de la iglesia que llegaron, I think the brothers and sisters from the church that arrived, estaban muy receptivos, were really receptive. They really like it, they, they really like this, the preach. Y después, al final, la administración. And especially at the end, the administration. Estaban con muchas. They work with a lot of needs in that area. So I think it was a great blessing for our church. So he said that the people enjoyed the preach, the preaching, and the administration, which is the altar call at the end of the service. Really, people were touched by it. Um, 
So the next day, we, or that day rather, uh, we decided to go an hour and a half out of town um, to a poor community, a school in a poor community, and uh, visit with them. Um, next one. Your country is very beautiful. Yeah. Malia is sharing. I just wanted to encourage you guys today. And um, next one. We all ended up sharing. There I am sharing with, with the, through the interpreter. Next one. And then we had gift bags for all of them. Um, again, poor community. Uh, the parents gathered money together and came to the school to cook food for us for lunch after we were done. And so we spent quite a bit of time with them, the, the parents, and had fun. We had a, uh, what was it, tortilla making contest. I think I won. I, I really did. No, no Max did. I'm sorry. Oh, well, I think there was a mix-up, or somebody cheated or did something. I think, but I think I, I think I was intended to win. No. I, keep, I think. Keep but thinking that. Anyway, four tries. See, everybody else got done on their first first try. It kept sticking to my hands, and it took me four tries, and then I did it. <laughs> Uh, okay, so then we're headed back to town, and we have a women's prayer meeting that night, And um, but there were some men that snuck into it, as you can see here. So it sounds to me like, of course, you know Spanish. All you people that speak Spanish, you know your language is so confusing. Yeah, there's seven ways to say the same thing. And then the thing that we say isn't correct. I don't know how that works. So we have a women's prayer meeting that men come to. I don't know how that works. But anyway, so, uh, so we went with it. I think, I think that men can come for a certain amount of time and then they leave and then the women pray. I don't know how that works. But anyway, uh, we had a great time that night. You see the altars are full. Go ahead, next one. Um, here, here I am hugging a lady who has shared, and I have the, vid, have the video, Malia recorded it, where she's given the testimony of her daughters who ran away, uh, teenage daughters who ran away, and she got the text message from her husband that they were home. We're home. How do you put value on an eight-day missions trip with a testimony like that? I, there, there's no money in the world. There's, there's no money that you could give that mother to replace her daughter's coming home. None. None. But we had miracles that took place um, just as we were just ministering and just praying for people incredible, incredible testimony. Um, I prayed with a lady at the end of the service whose husband was going to leave the country to go and work uh, in another country for her. And she was had fear because of being 
home alone and with the kids and her husband being gone. So how long will he go? She said she, she didn't know. But through the interpreter and through, I feel, a prophetic word, I felt like God was going to work some things out. And I told it to her. And by the end of our conversation, the interpreter who works for a large corporation had asked her what her husband was trained to do. And her husband was trained to do the exact thing that the inter this interpreter's company needed and had a position available f open for him to come. And he, the interpreter, gave this woman his business card with his name and contact number. <laughs> he, I, I stood there quiet while he asked her some questions about what her husband how well he knew, you know, whatever, technology and whatnot. And he said, I'm looking for that position right now. You tell your husband to call me Monday morning. It was just incredible. Um, next one, we have uh, Leah praying for someone in the altars. We all move into the altars to pray for everyone that comes forward. The next slide, we have Scott praying for a baby. I don't, I never did get with Scott as far as the story behind that. Um, but next one, we have Max praying for a lady in the altars. And then the next one. So Friday morning, we go to visit the mayor of the city. And um, th this is not uncommon for me. I get asked to do that. Um, they were kind of surprised or whatever. It wasn't on the schedule to do. Um, but we went to see uh, the mayor. And um, she is a conservative. And uh, the liberals have a very strong stronghold in the city. And they don't like her being in office. Um, but the next one. We asked her if we could pray for her, and she said she would like that. She would appreciate that. And so we laid hands on her and prayed, encouraged her to stand for conservative issues in her city. She thanked us for coming. There was a, a, a mudslide that took place and uh, while we were there. And so, of course, cleanup and all of that and loss, there's different losses of businesses and stuff that took place. And so out of her busy schedule, she took time to see us and she was very appreciative of us uh, coming and, and praying for her. Next one. So Friday evening, night before we come back, they have a married group, married couples group that meet and they wanted us to come and uh, share. And so these guys are not married, so they're not allowed to come, right? Yeah. Yeah, we have that here, remember? If you're not married, you can't come. So they, uh, these guys, go ahead. So me and Malia were roommates, and while we were, no, I'm exposing you. While we, while, while we were waiting patiently, kind of going insane, 
we, well, we were just laying down waiting. We lost hope. So we're just going to go to sleep or something. And Malia says, I hear voices. And she ran out of bed and threw her water she, bottle. She chucked her water bottle across the room. That thunk was you? Wow. And me and Malia were running down the stairs, and I twisted my ankle. So... The reason why we were late, I have a justified reason, not an excuse, but a reason. So at the, I said to the pastor, I said, um, can we do a Q&A? And at the end, and he said, oh, I don't think they'll, they'll ask questions. And I said, well, could we write down, have them write down their questions and don't put their name and I'll answer the questions. And he said, oh, I don't know. So they were all, when the service started, they were all spread out. So I had the pastor and his wife come and sit on the front row. And I told everyone in the room to come and sit as close to the pastor and his wife as possible. That got everyone to the front. Let me just say this. At the end of the service, the Q&A went on and on and on. That's why we were late getting back to, to pick them up. It was because they, they kept on asking questions, kept on asking, kept on asking, and they were not shy. And the pastor was totally blown away. He could not believe how open they were and how hungry they had, were about questions about marriage and, and things of that nature. So anyway, and then next one. So here's the altar time where we, all the couples are together. Um, Next one, Costa Rica is absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Um, here's going through the mountains, and there we are on the mountain in the cloud. We're above the clouds. That's the clouds down in the valley. Next one, beautiful. It's just absolutely beautiful. Um, I want these guys to share real quick. Um, Max, something that stood out to you. So... When I, I didn't, I wanted to go to the strip because I felt the Lord wanting me to. And, but I had like a lot of like fear with like a lot and I could feel Satan was trying to keep me from it. And I know, I know why. Because when we got there, I was, I wasn't just looking to help people. I was still needing help. And I wanted, I wanted to actually have the Holy Spirit working through me before I helped anyone else. And the first message he had, he was talking about opening every door, every room to the Lord. And I got up and prayed, and I prayed for that. And then I could hear the Holy Spirit telling me who to pray for and what to talk about. Um, and I've... I typically don't go up and talk to people or pray for them, and I don't have, I'm not scared of doing it anymore with the Holy Spirit, and the message at that uh, church when I asked him uh, in the morning, he asked if we wanted to share, and I said no, but uh Chloe and Scott did. In the middle of Chloe's uh, testimony, I could feel the Holy Spirit telling me to share mine. I knew it was 
too late for that time, but uh, I asked Dave, I'm like, hey, I feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to share the next one, and I did that, and I was really happy to share this with everybody, and it's just been a good experience, and I can still feel the Holy Spirit helping me right now. Yeah. Yeah, real quick, and then Chloe. Yeah, let me add on that. Um, When he shared after the service, there was a woman that came up to him and thanked him for sharing. He had received from the Lord confirmation that he did the right thing. And I believe she gave you a verse. She she had a verse for you, right? Yeah. It was something I told Max right then that this is a moment that he'll never forget, that it should be something that he should use. We're almost done. Just hold steady. Okay, so this person comes up to me and tells me that um, the Lord gave her a word for me, and it says, it was Isaiah 41.10, Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be frightened, for I am your God. I strengthen you. Yes, I help you. Yes, I uphold you with my saving right hand. Okay, so we were landing. Um, we were landing in the airplane, and we had come out. We went, to, we went through customs and all that, and we get the van. And like I've never been to another country, like said except for when I was little, but I, like, I've never been. People talk about how, like, people can talk about, like, their culture and how different they are and how they, differently they live from here, but once you go and actually experience it, it's, like, a whole nother feeling. It's, like, so eye-opening that you see they're living in sheds without AC and, you know, lights, like, Like, they don't have this. Like, we're so blessed to have this. And you don't really realize that feeling until you actually go out and do that. So it was something, it was so, like, eye-opening to me. And last week in service, we were singing, You're So Good. And I just began to bawl and, like, cry out to the Lord because I never really knew what it was to, like, thank him. But... Now that I went on that trip and I realized that they, like, they literally find scraps off the side of the road to build their houses, like, that's just, like, I'm so blessed to have the house that I have. I'm so blessed to have, like, a roof over my head. I'm so blessed to have, like, lights. So, like, you don't actually realize it until you go out and do it. So that was, like, it was really humbling and eye-opening, and I've been thanking the Lord ever since. Leah? Anything stand out? Yes. Um, I feel like I liked I loved everything from the trip, but what really stood out to me was the orphanage and the rehab, because based on like my personal experiences, I'm I'm adopted, and I can when I went there, I just I I felt bad because I know that. Some I I don't know about them, 
but I don't know them personally, but I get what they're going through on wanting to know, like, you know, I'm, I'm sure they're mad at their parents or they're, they're maybe sad or they want to see them, but they can't, or they're just wondering, you know, just wanting to know them and live with them still. And I can understand that because I've, I've gone through that so many times. And at the rehab, um, I can understand that, well, for the longest time, I've always been mad at my biological mom because I never understood why she was so addicted to drugs. And I just thought, why can't she stop? And, you know, I, I couldn't live with her anymore because of her drug addiction. So I can understand, um, I can understand what they, they can be going through. And I understand that the rehab that, you know, I didn't realize how hard it is for them to just like give up drugs or drinking. And I kind of like realized it can be hard. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I can see why they're so confused about Christianity. Mm -hmm. And before, like when we were landing in Costa Rica, I, I'm saved and I'm baptized, but I feel like I haven't done enough to, like I haven't done enough and I, I'm not, I'm saved and baptized, but I felt like I wasn't at the same time mm -hmm. and I forgot that I was. So I was kind of hoping for this missions trip that I would be able to help people, but also I would be able to take something away from the trip. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And so, like Max said, like I, I don't have confidence to pray for people either. I don't do it often. And I felt like the Lord spoke to me that I should be praying for people there mm -hmm. and I gained up the confidence to pray for people yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maria? um yeah so I absolutely loved Costa Rica it was absolutely beautiful just like from the moment we started driving from the airport I was like oh my gosh like it's just breathtaking but then one of my favorite things was just getting to interact with the people there, even though I know very minimal Spanish, um, I struggled, but um, they're all so, they were all like so unbelievably welcoming and kind, like genuinely kind and loving, and like I felt so much of the love of God through those people, not to say that Americans aren't loving as well, <laughs> but it was just different, and I feel like I really experienced another side of God, like, I feel like every culture carries an aspect of God, and so it was cool to see that in Costa Rica um, and to experience that. Um, and another thing I would say that kind of stuck out to me on the trip was just how faithful God is, um, even in our weakness and when you feel like you're out of your depth. Like, for me, that was my first overseas missions trip, so I didn't really feel like I knew what I was doing um, didn't know the language, knew nobody over there, and so I was way out of my comfort zone, um, even like praying for people and stuff like that in the services, 
But I felt like every time I just gave it to God and it's like, okay, like God use me even though I feel like I don't know what to do. Um, and he would, and it was awesome. And I felt like um, the Lord touched a lot of people, not because of me, but in spite of me. Um, and just the Holy Spirit is so faithful to move when you truly give yourself to him and it's not about you. I feel like it was kind of, like going on a missions trip is kind of like a reset in a way because you take like a whole chunk of eight days and like you're not even thinking about yourself. It's not about you. It's not about what you want. It's about, okay, God, how can you use me and how can you reach these people with your love in this time? So I felt like that was just really amazing and then coming back and trying to carry that into my life here of that same attitude of, okay, it's not my life, it's yours, God. So yeah, it was awesome. Scott? Yes, spot on, a reset. Um, uh, Staying here in the States, you become numb to what our culture is like, and you go over there and uh, see that there is a hunger and a passion for the Lord. Um, And when I came back, just... Getting off the airplane, I felt a heaviness. Um, starting to go through customs, there were older men kind of complaining about. We just came back from Costa Rica. They were vacationing. They were complaining about, you know, a 45-minute wait to go through custom. Um, and you could just see, like, they went from happy to now they're getting angry and as just walking, you know, up and down the lines, the people that were happy were the, a lot of the other missions groups that were, that were there. And as our way driving, Mick picked us up and we're out there. I believe one, I believe Chloe might have said, boy, you can really feel the difference. And you could. So what, I, what, what he really has taught me is, is I don't need to go to a far place like Costa Rica to do a missions. It can be done right here in this town. That, that I need to start doing it more often to here, to the people that need it. Because, because I, could, I felt it. I felt how heavy it was. Yeah. So the uh, night before we left, I wanted to sit down with the pastor and the interpreter and get his take. It's one thing for us to give our perspective. It's another thing to hear from them and their perspective. And Malia videoed this um, this interview that I did with them. And I just want to share some comments from the pastor. Uh, one is he said um, it was truly a blessing to have um, for everyone to have you and the team come here. He said our spiritual life in our church has grown so much this week. We, we had six services in his church alone, um, not to mention the other churches out there. Um, as far as the orphanage, he said these are abandoned boys. The government takes them out of the homes if there's violence in there. Um, so th- their parents are alive. Uh, it's kind of a little different than our setup, but... Uh, but anyway, to, he said to see the emotional response in the altar call 
that, that I gave on those boys and how that it opened, the Lord used us to help open the door for their church to go in there on a regular basis. As far as the drug rehab, he said, you were, you guys were such an encouragement to those men, those 15 men in there. He said, since the pandemic, these services have been our best services that we've had. We, we don't even think, uh, who can, I, I can't even hardly remember the pandemic, but uh, anyway, um, the married couple service, he said, I, I've never heard teaching like this. And the, like I said, the Q&A, he was totally blown away that they would even ask <laughs> one question. Um, he said that we were a blessing to all the other churches that we went to, that the pastors are saying that. Um, he said that visiting the mayor, that she appreciated it so much that we would take time to come and uh, visit with her and then to pray with her and encourage her. He said that his brother-in-law's church, that was the traditional Methodist church, he said that his brother-in-law was very happy um, and that the people really received in the altar time. The youth service said, you and the team have a way to connect with young people, um, that you don't just preach, 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 but you're on their level and you help them uh, figure out things in their life uh, and how they can let the Holy Spirit help them through temptation and different issues that they're facing. Um, he asked me if I liked the food. I said, yes, of course. <laughs> it was incredible. I told him that I've never had anyone invite us into their homes as many, as, many times as Costa Rica. Um, he said, we had a very busy schedule, and he said, we're all tired. I told him, don't worry, you can sleep tonight when you get home. Of course, that was like 1130 when I told him that, but... Uh, I told him, um, they kept referring to us coming back, and I told him, I said, I don't, I don't, I'm not coming back until I have a formal invitation. Of course, I'm just kidding, but in the, in the interview, he said, I'm giving you my formal invitation to come back. As far as the driving's concerned, he told me that I was a Costa Rican driver, the most amazing that he's ever seen. Oh, uh, Maybe Spanish people interpret that word amazing different than you and I. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, um, the schools, he said that he was worried that I was going to preach, but he said I did a good job. Um, he said that, so the pastor and his son was our interpreter. They both took their vacations that week, and he said that, this was a great vacation. He got to spend it, of course, with us, but most importantly, with his son, because he was, they were with us the whole time. Um, he said that you have helped increase our church's influence in the kingdom of God. I think that that's probably the biggest thing. If you can help a church be a witness in their community. Who knows where that ends up? Who knows the far-reaching effects that it has on a city? I, only eternity will tell. 
Again, I want to thank you all for praying for us and for giving to the team. And I would encourage uh, each one of you to prayerfully consider going on a missions trip. Um, I say that a lot to people, and but I'm serious about it. Um, please get your passport early. Don't wait. Don't wait until a missions trip is announced. Just go ahead and get it. Apply for it now and get it and start saving your money. Um, don't, don't wait until a, a trip is scheduled. Be prepared. Be ready. Let's stand together as we close out. Father, I thank you for the opportunity that you gave us to go to Costa Rica. We pray for that nation. We pray for the churches there. We ask that you would continue to do your work in them. God, that you would keep your hand on the government and the people there. God, we thank you for giving us the opportunity to go and to be witnesses of you and your kingdom. And I pray that everyone here today is encouraged by what they heard. I pray that you would speak to them as far as what you want them to do. Um, as far as evangelism, there's so many varieties of evangelism. Um, there's foreign countries and there's the city of Lakeland. It's all included. There's preaching and there's just talking one-on-one -on -one with people, encouraging people. Evangelism comes through many means, many different means. And I know that there are people who have listened to the lie of the enemy where they, they heard the enemy say, you have nothing to share. And that is not true. We all have a testimony of your goodness in our lives and the way that you have come through for us. And if we will just share it, it brings hope and encouragement in many different lives, in many different ways. And I just pray blessing on everyone here. I pray that you would bless their homes. I pray that even this afternoon that you would continue to speak to them. Continue to draw them to you. Let us be people who are led by the Spirit, where we don't only say it, but we actually do it. We operate in it. And we thank you that we can trust you with our lives and that you will lead us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. amen. Thank you, guys. Have a great week. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. If you'd like to join us on a Sunday morning or other weekly gathering, know that you're more than welcome. And if you'd like other resources on or about this ministry, or for any deeper questions you may have, be sure to visit our website at hotfmlakeland.com. We hope that